Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions, and best of all, it's totally free zero catch we've been using it ever since we started how long gone and ever since i discovered spotify for podcasters i feel like having the option of turning off the q a's and the polls on the user dashboard <laughs> has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level i highly recommend giving it a try download the spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started You did a re you you did a restart of your computer. Sometimes that's all it takes, isn't it? You know, I'm just happy to be here, Jason. How are you? Mm, I'm pretty good. I'm actually feeling a little sluggish today, kind of slow moving. Did you smoke too much cat piss yesterday? <laughs> I forgot about cheetah piss. Um, <laughs> I did not smoke too much. No, I think it was just kind of the heat fuck me up like I, I did a lot of exercise yesterday and i was out in the sun working out you know punishing the body after kirsty godso's podcast after receiving high praise from physical fitness trainer joe holder who recommended <laughs> me a liver he cleanse was, just to be clear physical fitness trainer joe holder was complimenting your podcast hosting not your body or workout skills you, we don't you know, know that, that right? for sure he just said <laughs> he just said don't sleep on tj and we don't know what he was referring that's to that's a good point i guess I my guess ability can... to navigate the world of nutrients it could be that <laughs> it could be my podcasting ability you know, yeah. I, you were the one who brought up the Turkish getup, and I know that's going to get his big dick hard. So it, there's that's any true. number that's of, of uh, physical fitness feats that's true. that I accomplish on a daily basis that could really turn his page. That's a, that's a good point. I'm, I'm sorry for, for limiting my worldview on all the skills that you have. That's fine. It makes me stronger. Yeah, that's true. I'm, yeah, the heat is oppressive out here in, in big LA. Is it, it's almost enough to turn Chris away from being a climate denier, but not... Not enough. <laughs> no, yet. Not, What's no, it going to take, Chris? What's it going to take? It's not that much. I mean, once Miami's underwater, you know, and I lose that investment condo, I'll think about it. But right, <laughs> you know, right now I'm, I'm still good. But yesterday, yesterday I I took to the court with Coach Jake Davis in mm -hmm. in in an undisclosed location. Give me give me eighty bucks, or I'll say it right now, pussy. But the so we were next to we were next to this court, and Jake was like, "All right, you know what? Like, we need to just stop for a second. You need to watch these guys." Okay. It's these. It's it's one coach who apparently was a number one NCAA player at Stanford, which is like a great tennis college. And these three young guys. I mean, these guys are. And then you know, we asked them. They're they're Division one tennis players. They're they're like just graduate high school. They're doing their first season of Division one tennis next year mm -hmm. um, at, at a few different local colleges. And these motherfuckers were ripping, bro. Okay. It was it was it was honestly inspiring but also crippling because you know you will never be that good or that fit because you're 38 and they're 21 do you think they could beat you 
They were like that good. They could beat anyone we know. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it was crazy. Honestly, it was it was amazing to watch. But the footwork. You like checking out some young talent, is what you're saying. I, I love checking out some young talent. Like, hey guys, take your shirts off. You, you want to take your shirts off? Look at you guys, all of 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, again, it was the heat was just. I mean, it, it's 3:30 p.m. The heat is crushing. Yeah, makes you play a little bit better in a funky way. Yeah, huh? it does. But well, that that does that reminds me of when I was building with uh, tennis instructor jake davis over the weekend uh at at the fiesta and i I and i was kind of lamenting about the wimbledon wheelchair games yes remember remember that line of conversation yeah he said he said all the motherfuckers (laughs) could whip your ass well uh, he was he was saying uh, I i was basically saying like you know what i i had to pick my job off the floor when i realized that they let these fucking guys get two bounces on the ball and i have to only get one bounce yeah obviously you know you got to do something because otherwise it's going to be kind of a it's going to be a tough game to watch it was it's already very frustrating to watch as a mm. with a with a double bounce you know i sympathize of course for my wheelchair brethren and, and i was like you know what i could probably you know I could probably take one. And not not the number, not the top five players. Not like you're saying, <laughs> not the murderers row. Not the you know, not to do a Joe Rogan voice, but you know, just just murderers. You know what I mean? Yeah, just murder. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eliza. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Stanhope. <laughs> Don't bring up Doug Stanhope on this podcast ever again. He's a murderer, Chris. He's a murderer. Uh, <laughs> but basically, uh, and I was like, you know, maybe like the the two hundredth ranked player. You know, some. He, he's he's a, he's a division guy. He's in there. He's mixing it up, but he's not. You know, he's not endorsed by anyone. He doesn't have the the lotto shorts. He doesn't have the Lacoste. Of course, of course. Um, you know, yeah. wheelchair accessories and things. He's like, bro, it, the 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 five hundredth ranked person <laughs> will destroy you. I mean, and I'm like, well, sh- I mean, he'll he'll beat me. He or she will beat me. They will beat me, of course, because they're you know they're professional. They probably grew up playing tennis. But he he was like, no, bro. and he's, he's like, like, they won't get you. Won't get a point on them. <laughs> I was like, I'll take a couple sets off these fellas, and he's like, you will not. I'm a, I'm a, maybe one game. Maybe one game. I'm not going to win the whole thing. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lift a, a, a like, silver platter no. over my head and and start crying. Come down to my knees. He's like, you won't get a point against these people. <laughs> It'll be it'll be forty love every single time. The whole thing's done in twelve minutes. And to that, I say, bring it on. Challenge accepted. If there's any nationally ranked wheelchair tennis players out there, we want it. Send me a DM. Yeah, we want we want the smoke. I will be um, obviously a lines judge. I'll blast your ass. Look, Jake is a is a known <laughs> entity in the tennis community, and I'm going to trust him on this, not your dumbass. So I would love to watch you get absolutely walked like a dog by a wheelchair <laughs> tennis player. Um, hopefully, I would prefer it be on clay. So if you fall down, there's like a lot of dust and stuff all over your body. I think that I'm going to get rolled out. I'm going to get rolled out, aren't I, Chris? You you are yeah you are it's not gonna be pretty but you well know, i mean how does how does the wheel how does the wheelchair work on clay though i don't know how that that's that could be advantageous for me you know that might be more of a handicap for my wheelchair broskies no i'm sure they can put on some you know aftermarket tires to kind of get through <laughs> that clay <laughs> what <laughs> seriously <laughs> 
I know, but it's still funny just you saying aftermarket tires. Like it's one of those longboard skateboards that you can go, you know, ride on the mountain. Customized? No, maybe they put chains on the tires, like you know, like it. like it's snow. And I mean, seriously, it's. it's I know, like, I know, I'm, you're being serious, but somehow all the like friendly suggestions that you are proposing are somehow more offensive than me saying like, "All right, you wheeled." cripple ass pussies i'll give you bitches three bounces suck my dick i'll we'll whoop any of you and you're like on all the nice suggestions that you're saying are somehow more offensive we call that's the, the that's the chris black touch um yes <laughs> you know that's touch. just that's what i bring to the table but after our after our session i i also mm-hmm. i did some i did something i've never done before jason i harvested <laughs> my din- my dinner you you sang for your supper yeah jake jake has is turned into a true green thumb and has a full array of of vegetables and lettuces available on his um on his balcony garden i cut my own cucumber uh <laughs> from the from the from the vine oh baby and, and slice them i mean i didn't slice them obviously slice them up mm-hmm. and i mean through it through just a, a little bit of maldon oh mm-hmm. bonjour it's the way god intended you to eat this was it just a regular cucumber or were we going persian was it a lemon it was a regular it was a regular cucumber mixed in with some sugar snap peas with a and then with a with a burrata oh yeah i saw a picture of that the uh those fresh peas oh baby Mm. yeah it was it was a delicious uh taste of summer vegetable forward meal the kale was incredible i mean the kale from the hydroponic gardening thing is Mm -hmm. Much better than the the kind of tough kale we're used to. Okay, it's, it's it was it was interesting, but yeah. So I'm feeling. I see what you're saying. I'm feeling good, Jason. I'm feeling good after I felt like I was really connecting with the earth. All I all I did was snip a couple cucumbers off the vine, but it really felt like I'd been working in the fields. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It felt like I'd been <laughs> tending tending to my garden all day. Um, so you you pulling out a cucumber out of some dirt on a on a Silver Lake. Um, <laughs> mansion balcony <laughs> that's that's you toiling in the fields earning your keep honest day's work for an honest meal i like that chris yeah exactly and it was an honest meal god damn it and then for dessert um since you know mm-hmm. i'm not eating real dessert he had these incredible melons <laughs> that just i mean this shit is buttery chief i mean that melon is melting in your mouth like it's a damn fucking carob chip when i tried to offer you a, a piece of my Erewhon melon, you you turned your nose up at it. What's the difference here, Chris? It's not heirloom. Um, it's not. I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it that night. I don't. You know, mm-hmm. out of the plastic package, it didn't feel very sustainable. Um, so kind of, <laughs> it just kind of turned me off to the whole experience. Wow, even you could figure out a way to poo poo Erewhon. Oh no, I co- if you have gun to your head. But that was a great. Since I treated everyone to dinner, Jason was able to buy me an eight dollar bottle of water uh, as my dessert. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we're eating for dessert on the side. Chris, I wasn't. I didn't get any cocktails. Be thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that'll that'll double your ticket price with the blink of an eye. We know that you're slurping them down when when the fucking reposado is is a heavy pour. You know, TJ update. I think my body odor is starting to subside as the toxins. What what did she call it? The oh, the sins, removing the sins yes, from removing, my body. removing the sins and it's it's sinny sin sin. All the sins is gone, baby. Luckily, luckily you have a lot of um tank tops. So you're probably it's probably <laughs> a good idea to kind of let it air out versus kind of smothering it in, in dry fit or even cotton for that matter fuck dry fit bitch ass dry fit <laughs> fuck, fuck, nike. fuck dry fit do not know we do not fuck nike well muscle. while you were while you were enjoying this artisan farm to table sweet pea and burrata meal 
I was uh, I was watching some hoops like a real man at Turn Tom's house. Yeah, yeah, because I know you love. We had the Roku fired up. We were watching Game Four <laughs> of the NBA Finals. I love this game, and luckily my Bucks took it at the end. <laughs> Did you just need some time with the fellas? Because I know you don't care about basketball. Oh yeah, I mean it was a social call. I, I hadn't built with Turn Tom in a while, and luckily his. Uh, his his partner brought o- brought home a, a trend trending item uh, right after I had eaten my oishi influencer strawberry. The fact that I didn't get one of those is disrespectful. But before we get into your um, right. once again one of your viral treats, we should we we're, we can talk about it with our guest. We will. We're going to talk to our guest only about strawberries. We're talking. I don't yeah. care if he fucking does art or whatever. Yeah, we're t- going to talk to Matt McCormick today. You guys probably are familiar with his work. He is a a painter here in Los Angeles. He has also done, you know, he has a clothing line. He's got a fucking seltzer. He's a partner in Ray's Bar in New York City. He is... um, He's the guy that picked out Chanel for Rodrigo at the White House. uh, Yeah, he does it all. I mean, he's got... He's got. Um, he's done a lot of artwork. He's worked with John Mayer. He's worked with Don Tolliver. He it was vintage. I mean, he tour managed Odd Future, which is, I feel like, an insane job that maybe one of your favorites almost killed him. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tap in with Big Dog and uh, see what's crackalacking. I'm bloody excited. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp, you know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our suite sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists you get one that you really like you guys are gossiping you guys are chit-chatting you guys are talking about your personal interests next thing you know it's time to actually do the work so it feels good building those uh mental health relationships with people you actually like and on better help there are so many different therapists to choose from i don't like anyone if you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy give better help a try it's entirely online Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash long. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh, and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole-body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with considerably less shedding thank god take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long all one word find out why over 4500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com spelled n-u-t R A F 
O-L. I got Raph on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's neutral.com promo code how long. Oh, yeah. What's up, Matt? How are you, bro? Good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Look, man, never been better. It's a little hot. Are you downtown right now? I am, and the air conditioning just got turned on, so it's it's going to be hot for another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> the, the AC? the I mean, the, that your studio is is um, cavernous. Yes, and it just it, it just stay it keeps heat. Mm. So like if if it's not either left on overnight or it just takes about a while, it's a big room. So well, look, look, big dog. We know you're selling a lot of these paintings, so you can afford to keep the AC on overnight. Let's you know, let's not you know. Well, my my partner at the studio would get would get upset if I left it on overnight. Although I don't think we've ever been charged for anything besides rent, which is, I don't know. I think we have some semi-sketchy landlords who like, (laughs) I feel like I've seen people on the roof, like rewiring things from the, you know, they're stealing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm serious. Like they never, someone that was here before told us something like that. that It's, you know, whatever they got to do, it's not my problem. They kept offering the fact that there's free cable on the lease. And we're like, this is like a, this is like an artist loft space. Like I don't, I don't really care about the free cable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're really pushing pushing that agenda. Yeah, I, I would. I've never stolen cable before. I don't even really stream things illegally, and it's not because I'm a narc. It's because I'm not that savvy technically. I would rather pay fifty dollars to watch Conor McGregor break his own leg, you know, what I mean, than than to <laughs> than to steal that. That's money. So you are a narc. Yeah, that's money. Well, that's that's money. That's money well spent. But I do think that stealing cable is kind of a lost art, and I wish I would love to do it when when you'd see like a sign on the side of the road, and you would just call the number. Um, you know, I, I miss those days. Chris, we're not all from the hood yeah. like you. We didn't really grow up with that kind of stuff. Could you explain it? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. And could while you're at it, Chris, could you um, explain how you es- would escape the hood? Uh, uh, <laughs> did you see that video, Matt? Did you see the how I'd escape the hood video? And it's the white guy rapping the Mike Jones. No, but I will have to search that immediately following this. <laughs> you're like, all right, I'll be, I'll be right back. Give me one second, Chief. I'll see you guys in a bit. <laughs> so, uh, it's actually rather important. If I don't know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many screens you're dealing with there at the at the, at the studio. I mean, I can get more. I got an iPad and a phone sitting right next to me what so, do you do yeah. with it what do you do with an ipad do you sketch on it i got it for like one specific job once because they wanted like an oil painting look without an oil painting budget so i was like <laughs> okay uh, let me love that let so, me, so is there anything yeah. we can do to like make it look like oil painting but just not oil painting and, and i've been wanting to get uh an ipad like an ipad pro i have like a regular one but you gotta go pro yeah exactly you're not a social media intern <laughs> not yet <laughs> um but keep making these digital oil paintings and you might end up though, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah you might i mean that. seriously <laughs> seriously um the ipads kind of took over tattooing like right after i stopped tattooing i didn't even remember that you did that yeah it was you know it was like one of these things where immediately following my departure from tattooing all the like really difficult or not all but a bunch of the really difficult annoying parts of it got way easier through ipads and you know different like printing yeah what does the ipad do dr Wu said he wouldn't do our podcast so you're all we've got on this (laughs) on this insider info after after the the gossip girl shit you know understand understandable was he on gossip girl they they shout him out like like one of the characters gets a tattoo and like dr Wu did mine nice well evan mock's on there so it's it's appropriate you know it seemed they're they're coming closer they're mm-hmm. getting closer. Creeping. The like, way you would do a tattoo just involves so many steps, which was honestly like 
a big reason why I wanted started drifting away from it. But like, if I wanted to do a tattoo, you'd have to, you know, source some imagery or get the imagery. Then you'd have to like trace it on a light box mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. scan that into a computer. And that's already an updated version. Yeah. But now it's like, you just like find your image online, pull it into your procreate app and turn the opacity down and trace it and then print it directly onto the thermofax where it was like before you had to like print it out a printer and then put that in it. Th- you know, mm. it's just like, it takes a lot of steps mm. out of it. Damn. I didn't, I actually didn't realize that. And I'm, as you know, Matt, I'm yatted up. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you're, you're a tech guy. So are, is there like a backlight, like just the way like analog music versus digital shit? Like, are there like true, true yeah. bro tattoo guys who are like, fuck that iPad shit. That's just gay, bro. Like I, I do it the old fashioned way, the the real man way. Loyal to the coil. I mean, it's, you know, there's machines now <laughs> that, you know, basically are like a pen and they're wireless and, you know, and it's like, it's so easy to use, but there's, you know, your traditionalists that would never be caught dead using that kind of stuff. So that's like a Tesla for tattooing. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. I didn't know there was a wireless tattoo gun now. That's fucking crazy. Which which I saw recently a friend using and I was like, man, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you're back out of for like one second. You know? Maybe I'm coming back. But it's uh, the setup is just there's so much setup. You know, it's just like it's a lot. And to, to balance that with trying to do the painting, stuff, it just becomes it's. And that's even if you do a good job at tattooing. We haven't even talked about if you fuck somebody's lineup and you're like, Ugh, and then that's eating yeah. away at you. I've never done a tattoo. <laughs> It's more like the, <laughs> it's it's like the therapy element plus all the like trying you know staying within the like guidelines of of health and safety and in making sure everything is sterile. There's just a lot of elements to it. Um, the actual tattooing probably makes up twenty percent of the process. Yeah, I forget the tattooing is is a little bit like a you know a, a therapy. People want to talk because you're locked in for a long time. Yeah, I mean that you know depending on depending on what you're doing, we're looking at three four hours minimum. And it's rude to be on your phone. It's rude to be on your phone. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But, but I then you also get people like Chris, where you're like, oh, this is somebody who like I'm not getting a tattoo because I like this design. I'm getting the tattoo because I just need to get a tattoo right now and I can't explain it, you know? Yeah. Or it's like, I need to feel the hurt. I don't like stuff with meaning, really. <laughs> I'm not really like a meaning guy. So it's more about it's more about the beauty of the aesthetics and the art itself. That's actually really sweet. The time and the experience. It's a story. I, I could come up with a meaning. I could bullshit a meaning for every <laughs> one of my tattoos. Like... Like I have my dad's initials really big on my hand, on the top of my hand. And I was just like, I want uh, letters on the top of my hand. And I was just like brainstorming with some friends. And that's where I landed on my dad's initials. Because I have like all my like immediate family members, like names or some reference to them tattooed around my hand. So I was like, there you go. And what's it like to like your family? (laughs) <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, it's, it's more like you know i don't even know if, the, but the point being is like i do like my family but like it didn't that wasn't even part of it it didn't even matter it was just like that's like uh that's just like i want letters so is anybody have two letters it's like an improv yeah. show all right give me two letters q l all right let's go yeah that was more the seriousness of it you know it was like i don't you know i just i grew up liking a certain look to like tattoos and so i wanted that and then i got the tattoos that fit inside of that but there was no like grandiose intention you know like well this represents my grandma or something i think there was one time where uh, a guy was asking if he could if he should fit something inside of this this cross i have on my arm and i was like oh well i guess put my grandma's name you know and then he actually said he couldn't 
which I, having been a tattooer myself, find to be insane because <laughs> I could have fit my grandma's name in there like 50 times. Did you work in a shop like a proper or were you always doing it like out of your, your own spot? I mainly did it out of my own private space, but I, um, I would work in shops when I traveled. The classic guest spot, you mean? Yes, exactly. I'll be in Melbourne July 17th to the 20th. <laughs> yeah. Start making appointments are open now. It was basically like the end of like a uh, real time with Bill Maher. I would just, you know, yell those out at the, <laughs> yeah, the your dates on my yeah. Instagram. Tattoo yeah. shops, unfortunately, I feel like the last tattoo I got, uh, I was in Detroit and I noticed on the way up the stairs with the tattoo artist that he was wearing an ankle monitor um, because he was on house arrest. Because <laughs> he was on house arrest. <laughs> And then I proceeded to get the. Well, that is Detroit. I had proceeded to get this tattoo that was pretty quick, you know what I mean? Because I only had so much time, but it was literally an hour of this guy telling me why he was on house arrest and how he wasn't guilty. <laughs> so it wasn't therapy for me, it was therapy for him, but I still had to pay, which was a confusing you know, transaction, really, at the end of the day. But that's like a great tattoo story. Like, You're right. That's You're ideal. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, not to take away from someone who, like, you have to get on a list like five years in advance, but like, I don't know. I, I love like that the tattoo artist had like an, an ankle bracelet on or, you know, or like, you know, the old, like I was in the back of a biker shop and the guy was cooking meth, you know, that kind of thing. Like, sure, of course. Yeah. It's a, it's a better story, you know, it, you know, for me. No, I, and nowadays you go into a tattoo shop with one of those wireless pussies and you're like, what's going on with you? And they're like, yeah, yeah, my cat's got a thing right now. We're just kind of dealing with that. Got to go to the vet, you know, like I want to hear the house arrest story. Yeah. I mean, I saw a meme. I saw like a tattooer meme the other day, and it was it was basically that. It was like it was like tattoo fifteen years ago, and the woman. It's like, hey, welcome to you know Joe's tattoos. Uh, take a look at my book and let me know what you want. And then the next one was like tattoo twenty twenty one. It was like, so you're gonna have to sign up for our email, uh, you know, mailing list, and you're gonna have five minutes on this date to uh, get in line and possibly be able to put your name down. And if you, you know, like this whole long, <laughs> it's crazy, it, but it is crazy. But it's, I mean, I think were you doing, was, was your era though, was everybody getting face tats or was that, was that before that? There were, there were people that like would reach out and, and my thing was more, it was, I, I, I took more like the traditional stance, which was like, I'm not going to give you your first one yeah. unless you're like, unless you're really hot. Unless you're super hot and you have a three album deal with Atlantic, then I then I will consider giving you. The so what tattoo. what were I, I feel like every tattoo artist has kind of their rules that they go by of like I don't do this, I don't do that, you know, I don't do people of under a certain age, even if you have the the parents' approval, or I don't do dick tattoos or whatever, you know, I don't do names. You got anything like that? Uh, I kept it loose besides that. I just didn't really want to like tattoo people's faces. It was just kind of more like, it's not fun doing that. You know, there's parts of the body that are a lot more enjoyable right. to tattoo. Oh, I, I'm, I'm and so I would brother. usually steer people towards those, you know, it's kind of like, let's, let's do something that's going to be fun for all of us. And you're going to like in the long, in the long run. Seeing someone with a face tattoo when I was like in high school, that was some wild shit. Like that was wild boy shit. Like you did not. Oh, for sure. You you cross to the other side of the street if you see somebody walking with a face tattoo. I'm not exaggerating. I've seen three guys today with face tattoos. You, you know what I mean? Like it's not. It's so ubiquitous. It's still wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Chris, did you go to T-Mobile today? I wasn't at T-Mobile, but I was the undefeated gym, so that makes a little more sense. Yeah, it's it's much more common. Yeah, in the gym now. <laughs> yeah, in the gym specifically. But I mean, did you? So like a lot of tattoo artists though are you know painting that's like a you know i know a lot of guys that do that as well and the art necessarily isn't necessarily 
you know, tattoo style or even similar to, to what they're doing tattoo wise. But were, were you you were painting first, then got into tattooing, and then went full time painting? Is that is that the trajectory? When I got out of high school, I'll just go there. Like it was like I had two artist parents to show me the example that you could have a fine art career slash a commercial and some elements art career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still like didn't know how to make it work. And so it was just kind of like, how do I do that? And then at one point in the journey, I was like, I always loved tattoos. So I wanted them for free and I, and I drew things that looked like tattoos. So I did that. But as I got older, you know, my, my interest in art kind of, you know, evolved as they do. And, um, the point in which I decided to stop tattooing was that I, I had achieved what I wanted from it. That doesn't mean to say that like, I'm like, was like the world's best tattooer or like, you know, beat the game of tattooing. I just achieved what I wanted. And, and how I much money, that- how much money were you trying to make before you left? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, $1 billion. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I just, I, I got to a point where I realized I wouldn't be able to achieve what I wanted with painting and the rest of my practice if I stayed doing that, because it's really like we started out with it really time, time and labor intensive. And I, and, and I really tried to be like, no, you can do both. You could do both. And, and I, you know, and I, was proven wrong on that. At a I point. think what he's leaving out of this, leaving out of the story, Jason, is that once tattoo shops started taking credit cards, he was like, "I'm out." Okay, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm a ca- <laughs> yeah, I'm a cash yeah. only guy. If you're putting, yeah, exactly. If you're putting a back piece on an MX, like I can't, I can't rock with that. <laughs> I can't, I can't rock with that. This industry is not for me anymore. Yeah, we're done. Well, sp- speaking of that, uh, many people in the tattoo game are also a member of the greatest art game in the world, graffiti. Is that <laughs> something that you tangled with as well? I mean, like many folks i you know i enjoyed that as a young kid i never like got really crazy i mean i have i have at least been arrested for it hell yeah that makes that makes three of us jason you've done some hard time for tatting i mean for for graph right i did a i did a weekend bid in orange county jail yeah bitch (laughs) nice there we go i did a I did a weekend bid in the tombs in new york which oh god shit new joel yeah Big NY. He doesn't just have hand tattoos, bro. He's been to the tombs. This is hot. I had to use a, I had to use a, like a really disgusting sandwich as a pillow for a <laughs> night. Come on, was, dude. <laughs> I swear to God, because like the, in the room that I was in, like it there was just no bench room and there was like a crew of dudes that basically just chilled on the phone the whole time. And so I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to try to take a nap. <laughs> It was like, it was such a funny thing. The cops like told me to like get rid of all my stuff. So I gave it to my friend who didn't get arrested, but I did. And uh, that stuff would have been nice. To have. It would have been nice to have a jacket. <laughs> you know, just like, like yeah, you give give that pillow and that melatonin <laughs> to your bro. You're not going to need it where you're going, brother. They weirdly told me to give all my jackets anything that would have kept me warm because it was the middle of the winter too. They told me to give all the things that would have kept me warm to my friend, but told me to bring money with in. <laughs> Which is also strange. That's that's like I feel like that's advice. Maybe we don't understand why it was given to you, but maybe it was it was actually good. That that's a very odd. From the precinct I was arrested and held at to the tombs, they actually drove out of their way and went and drove in front of my house at the time. And I fully thought they were going to drop me off, and I think it was like some mean joke. So I, they, they were definitely fun. They, were, they basically did what they do to people like you, which is like we popped you for for graffiti. 
you know, if we do a good job at teaching this guy a lesson and really like make this weekend bid like truly unforgettably bad, you'll probably never get arrested for graffiti again. Yeah. And like ended up it was at, terrible at the time, ended up probably being a blessing. Yes. There was one more close call but I got out of it and uh and since then my graffiti career has has been pretty strictly on random scrap paper around my desk but the the mirror in the hotel bathroom catch a quick one <laughs> oh a lot of a lot of the mirror in my or not the mirror the the, the glass in my shower i get i get hell yeah he's getting yeah, the, the glass in my shower is absolutely destroyed right now with <laughs> yeah crushed. Yeah. yeah, Jason's a, a all my a, best tags. A member of the graffiti, a, a member of the graffiti community, um, and he, you yeah. know, his black book is pretty sick. He doesn't really share it very often by appointment only. But I, I remember when I was in jail in Orange County. I remember I, I was vegan at the time, and I received a sandwich, <laughs> and it was like a bologna. It was just like two pieces of bologna on white bread, plain. And I was like, well, I, I mean, at the time, I should have used it as a pillow, but within five seconds of receiving it. A man walked up to me and was like, "Give me your sandwich," and I was like, "Okay." And then that was it. Damn. Little did he know I was a member of the vegan community and wasn't going <laughs> to eat it anyway. So jokes on him. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't intimidate me, pussy. I, I was going to give it to you anyway. It's not a big deal for me to give away my one meal here. Get that poison out of my mouth. I also got a milk carton that I opened and had a bug inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> So milk a bug. sealed a sealed milk carton with a bug inside of it is very cool. That's very very cool. It's a stain on the dairy community. I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I was I got arrested in, in high school for it, but then when I was in my, I mean, Jason knows the story, but I got arrested putting up a sticker on St. Mark's and and <laughs> was thrown on the ground by an undercover graffiti squad in a fake cab. Jeez, I had just I was on high because I was actually high on marijuana, and I'd also just left a third eye blind concert. So I was really feeling myself. Wow! And they really ended that, and I had to go. I had to go to a jail on Avenue C, you know, for for six hours or something. It was just crazy. But they like mm. they kept demanding that I had coke on me, and I'm like, guys, it's it's a Monday night. I don't have coke on me. Check check back <laughs> on Thursday, and I'll definitely have some. But the way they, they were so aggressive about trying to find drugs, I think that's the only way they get that shit to stick. Otherwise, it's like you're yeah. you're gonna go home. It's not it's not a big deal. It's like it's not worth it for them. That is crazy. Wait, you were in high school when this happened? No, no. This was in. I was in my like early twenties. I was probably twenty four. Okay, I was gonna say you were the coolest high schooler ever. No, I and unfortunately in high school I was very cool, but I was you know I had a interesting look. You know what I mean? Which I'm sure I'm sure we all yeah. all did. I don't know. Yeah. Because were you were you into in high school? Were you like a hardcore dude or like a dead guy? I was like a goth meets hardcore kid. Goth meets hardcore. What are we? Are we talking about like Susie and the Banshees or like AFI? Be honest. Both. <laughs> AFI AFI led me led me to to Susie and the Banshees and Depeche Mode and all that stuff. I also had a I also had like a glam glam rock band at one point. So we had like a big New York Dolls, Whoa. you know, Johnny Thunder's face. Were, were you able to pull off those looks? I mean, I thought I was pulling off the looks. I remember like going to like. Bowie's last tour, we all would wear like leather jackets and ties. And like, you know, I remember seeing the dolls and uh, Bowie and like older kind of glam rocky women would like come and, you know, swoon around me and the other little. I mean, we were like 16, mm -hmm. you know, but I think I think we pulled it off. I mean, I, I think that we looked like pimple faced kids in a glam rock costume. But, you know. It's an impossible to look to pull off, though. The only people that ever pulled it off were the people that did it originally, and it's we it can't do it now. It's impossible. So it sounds like a very uh, Detroit Rock City vibe. 
Yes, it was. I mean, that was a, a definite favorite movie of mine, but it was very much like that, but even a little more New Yorky glam. A little snottier, a little more drag going on. You had to put those, put your, your skinny jeans on with a pair of pliers, zipping it up. Oh, yeah. Very much had the skinny jeans. We get made fun of a lot for them. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Uh, you had the last laugh. Girls' jeans, actually. I was wearing women's jeans at that point. Which, do you remember what model number of diesel they were? <laughs> it, well, I couldn't afford diesel. I had like. Uh, well, you got to rack like the diesel. Weird. Come on. You steal the diesel. I thought you were a graffiti head, bro. Come on. No, 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 no. That was. I became more of a graffiti. My fashion changed when I became more of a. I mean, I started. You stopped dressing in drag when you became a writer? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I still did it a little bit because I started graffiti in freshman year, eighth grade with Alexander Spit, who I think some of you guys oh, know, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. we had a know. tag together freshman year and we would tag two per for the like Nelly song, give me two per, <laughs> I need two per. And so we would write two per, two, number two P-E-R everywhere cool that's a good that's a good uh two early 2000s graph name yeah stomping in my air force ones <laughs> this is this all sounds very cool so you were so you were up in the yay area then so did you ever have a high fee phase uh i mean for sure you i mean you couldn't i like did it i did it like how could you not i mean how could you not no it, it was like you had to like mac dre everyone liked mac dre it was all fizzle dance this you know hyphy that his nation i moved to seattle immediately following graduation and they were also very into the hyphy movement and all that you thought there were a lot of white people who said the n-word in the bay area wait till you go to seattle right true yeah for real <laughs> Uh, well, Seattle, like it's, there's a lot more like griminess that you wouldn't expect. And I got thrown directly into that community, big graffiti scene up there. What were you doing in Seattle though? Were you just like working and hanging out? Yeah, pretty much. I, I like, yeah, I was partying. I like, you know, it was like, I worked at the gap. I worked at a bagel store. Uh, I, I, I rode a lot of BMX bikes. Oh, yes. I was hanging with a lot of those, like, you know, BTM mm. guys up there and we would hang at Seascape, which RIP like every night. And, you know, it was pretty, I mean, it was like, you know, living with no money, being a crazy kid. Wouldn't have had it any other way. That was pretty fun. Too, it man. was, it was super fun, but that's where the style changed. That's where I finally stopped wearing tight girl pants. And I wore a lot of like basketball jerseys with white tees over them. <laughs> So it really like switched up. That's a that's a hard left. That's a hard left. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of like some you starter hats with a flat bill that had shiny metallic dollar signs all over it, stuff like that. None of the metallic dollar it was just more like I had to be wearing like one piece of Bay Area sports gear all the time. <laughs> and usually like vintage nineties kind of vibe. Although I would I would also wear Sonics, like the Sonics crew neck a lot because I was a big Sean Kemp fan when I was a kid. Sure, 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 sure. Mm. Okay, so I, just in the last 10 minutes of talking, <laughs> we have the goth hardcore emo phase. We have full glam. We have hyphy. There's there you've you've done everything. What are, what are we yeah, missing? I, mean, I had to try it all. I'm imp- I'm impressed by this. I think I I'm, I'm really I, I mean cuz if I look back on my shit there's extremes, there's peaks and valleys, but overall I kind of dress like my mom dressed me when I was a child to this day. <laughs> Oh, I was I was very much about about acting out fashionably 
always. I had long black hair in high school during that goth phase. I mean, my first concert ever that I went to like on my own was American Nightmare, Hope Conspiracy, <laughs> very like East Coast Boston hardcore. So like I was, I definitely touched into that world a lot and it was, was very, but AFI was, you mentioned AFI, they were very big for me mm-hmm. in my, uh, in a, in a full circle moment, I just, I mean, I think Cold Cave, which is West from American Nightmare, are opening yeah. for AFI in the next like six months. So it's a full, it's a full circle. We'll, we'll have to make sure you get tickets to that. I would love to go to that, to be honest. Like, I, <laughs> I'm not crying. Out. You're crying, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the <laughs> that is a very impressive, but that's a pretty impressive run because, you know, now you're, you're a very tasteful kind of like under, you know, quiet dresser. You know what I mean? You're not a flashy guy. So you you traded the Sonics jersey for a understated chore jacket? Is that what we're saying? Pretty. I mean, I went through a really big uh, J. Crew phase in New York, yeah. and then I kind of moved to L. A. And I, I say this, you know, in a fun way, but my my style got destroyed for a few years in L. A. And then uh, nothing fun about that. Well, I was broke, and I worked on Fairfax, so I just you know kind of took what I got for free, and so now I've been. Uh oh. I've been working a weird like angle of that. You and Jason were both wearing the hundreds head to toe. That's interesting. I'm surprised you guys didn't cross paths. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we ran in very close proximity without having crossed paths because I lived with Brick Stowell and uh, you know over at Normal, which was mm-hmm. I think more of a thing before I moved here. But I like was couch surfing Normal until I got kicked off the couch, <laughs> and then I eventually came back. What'd you do to get kicked off the couch? We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> I don't even really. I yeah, this is pre sobriety, so I was, was just pretty. He's much like it could mess. be anything. He's like it could be. Did, it could did you be touch anything. Trevor's laptop? What'd you do? <laughs> no, this was post. This was post Trevor. Got it. Got it. Got it. I'm, we're talking about crypto crypto giant Trevor McFedries, uh, friend of the show, yes. previous guest, tech lord. Matt and I actually hung out uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, and just, I went down to his studio to check out work and just and hang and. I didn't know about this entire phase of your life where you were a tour manager. So when does that come in? Because that's the worst job in the world. So that was around that. I I was living in New York and I was running life like straight into the grave. (laughs) Um, And I had been working at a nightclub called Sway for about five years and doing the, the New York nightlife thing. I, I have DJed at Sway before. I mean, I I went to Sway for the first time in, since I left, so like ten plus years, uh, a, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. It was a friend's birthday party on a Sunday. It was the same DJs minus Ben Cho, RIP. Um, it was a semi similar crowd, and it, I just had a full beautiful flashback. I was like really enjoying myself. That's great. Legendary spot for their uh, for the Smiths and Morrissey night back in the day. As well, well, they were playing the same playlist, yeah, the Smiths playlist. So I was just like taken right back into it um because it was brian DeGraw, so he knew exactly how to line it up but mm-hmm. we were talking about this the other day is that like living in new york as a 21 year old right now would be amazing and there was nothing better than like moving to new york at 21 getting a job in you know a cool nightclub and doing that it's just with my own kind of like over enjoyment of uh <laughs> excess it just uh it, it only could last so long before the problems outweighed the positives yeah you sleep in every day yeah four you get to drink on the job every, yeah. yeah exactly but brick came to new york for odd futures like big first new york show we were catching up because i've known brick since middle school and he was just like 
you know, like telling me about life in LA and, 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 and really sold it. It was like, come out, I'll bring you on the road with us. You can help me, blah, blah, you know, and, and so I moved basically overnight shortly there afterwards. Yeah. Ended up on normal with a, with a few detours in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up taking Spitz job on Fairfax. And then about like, I don't know, almost a year later, Brick and I started touring together and we did that. And it was Tyler. He brought me on for Tyler's like first solo tour and i kind of came on like one to help him and two to like help design the stage which was a massive learning experience sure uh had no idea what we were doing yeah it was i mean it was crazy it led to a lot of really labor-intensive moving of like insanely heavy stage objects which were definitely not planned out properly but yeah, we did that for a while until I ran that into the ground and, you know, and Brick essentially fired me and I was living with him and, and I, and he also kicked me out of the house Well, they were moving and I wasn't invited to move. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And it forced me to, to, you know, stop living the way I was living and, and actually try to be, do what I wanted to do, which was what I do now. So beautiful. And you guys are all cool and everyone's bros now at this point. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, it, it, I'm still best friends with all the guys that, you know, I was with at the time. I think they were moving. It was him and spit and lee and uh you know lee's at was at my studio yesterday he's here all the time lee from babylon trash yes, talk big babylon trash talk lee yeah i mean all of our lives have taken similar but different paths and uh it's been really awesome to kind of like you know do that but yeah that was like a very pivotal moment was you know the ending of the touring um but also you know when i lived in new york i would just be so jealous of all these people that were coming in and out of town all the time that were like, Oh, I live in LA, but I'm in New York every other week. And I was like, man, I want a job or a life where I can travel all the time. And so touring like really kind of was that's an easy solution. That's an easy solution to that problem. uh, If if it's handed to you, but touring is arguably the worst thing in the world. uh, Depending on, I always say this, the tour manager is the worst job on the planet. It's the hardest job. It's so hard. It's a 24 hour job. It's, and you yeah, don't get yeah. the thing is the artist, you know, obviously it's easier for the artist, but the other thing is the artist gets the glory every night. You know what I mean? People are clapping for them. They're, they're playing, you know, they're, they're doing this whole thing. You just, you don't get any of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just kind of come and you, you do your, you do your thing and then you, you, you do your thing the same over and over and over and over. And I think it's like, it's really tough on like the psyche. Yes. And you're also like, well, everyone you're talking to is like, man, you're living a rock star life, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you're like, well, I see a, a bus. Uh, and a venue and a hotel. And, um, I don't really see any of these places I'm going truly, you know, every once in a while. And also the rockstar, I think no one cares about me or the tour manager. They want to, you know, they're like, you must be getting girls. No, none of the girls are there to like sleep with the tour manager. They're, you no. know, it's like, it's this whole thing. It's like, you know, but one, I made some really great friendships. Uh, you know, I mean, not to like get all. No, but I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, I did too. I mean, you know, that's, that's what I say this all the time. Tyler is like a huge reason why I like actually decided to pursue my career because he, I would bring like art supplies on tour. I remember like I had like a cardboard box of like cardboard box. So fire drawing supplies and shit that I would bring on tour, like pens and different shit just to like, you know, draw with. I always had that stuff. I just didn't like do it enough. And I remember very clearly Ty being like, you need to be doing this. You need to like make this, you know, like he's, that was like, that's one of the greatest things about him. He's really supportive of pushing his friends to like achieve 
what they want to do. And obviously yeah. he's really good at like doing that. But that was a huge, you know, that, I remember it very clearly because I would get up early in the morning and sit in the front of the bus. And like, if Clancy was on the tour, he would sit up there with me and maybe Tyler would come up or whatever. But like, it would be before everyone was kind of like going nuts. And yeah. I would be able to listen to like my like old dad music and, <laughs> yeah, and yes. Clancy and I would like vibe on that. <laughs> and like, whatever. I think at the time we were listening to a lot of Gordon Lightfoot until the other guys woke up. And then they'd be like, turn this shit off. I love you two guys listening to Gordon Lightfoot at 8 a.m. in the front of a tour bus with, with Tyler. That's a very was, funny sight. Awesome. That's a very funny idea to me. Yeah. Having people like that around that, that kind of push you in the right direction is, is very helpful, especially if, if they're, you know, successful and clearly doing what they want to do. Yeah. You know, it brings that, it brings a little bit of trust to that conversation where you like believe them you know, in, in a way that you might not believe yourself. Yeah. That was the beauty. And that was kind of what got me to come to LA and, and start the process of stopping what I was doing in New York was like, I saw all these friends that I was, had either been friends with or knew over the years from coming and visiting that were like doing things that weren't jobs, you know, sure, and I think that was sure, also sure. the age I was at, <laughs> you know, but like people that were like pushing in a direction. And I was like, man, I want to push in a direction, you know? And then that was the step after, tour managing i was like okay i've been i've been pushing these guys you know art forms or like helping them with their careers now i want to like do mine yeah you know? it's my turn so it's it daddy's turn papa needs a taste yeah pa- yeah exactly papa needs <laughs> you know, a taste. Like, you're all way younger than me i should probably figure something out soon <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's another that's a, that's another thing that will push you to to that edge absolutely absolutely yeah but i think that art specifically is is pretty intimidating you know what i mean the, the like the yes. the world of it that we're probably all very familiar with but i think that you you have figured out a way to occupy a space that's like you get to do you know you get to do stuff that you want to do that's more commercial but um you're selling paintings obviously you're selling drawings you're you're publishing books so it's like you kind of get the best of both worlds which i feel like some people struggle with that I mean, it's just, it was, it was kind of like what happened with tattooing. You know, I, I wanted to, ta- I have a like a very clear memory of my best friend, like really being like, you should try to figure out a tattoo. And I didn't know anyone in the tattoo community really. I was like, you know, I, I knew the guys I would get tattooed by, but like I wasn't like best friends with any of them. He convinced me to like grab a bunch of my drawings and go to a tattoo shop and be like, Hey, you know, and. And they essentially laughed me out of the tattoo shop. <laughs> and, you know, maybe that was like a little fuel to the fire to like be like, okay, well, I'll figure this out. But like, you know, I- I'm not going to tell anyone not to learn how to do something. You know, there's a lot of people in tattooing that be like, you got to do an apprenticeship. And I do understand and recognize and support the value of that. But no one was offering me that. And I wanted yeah. to do it. So I figured it out. And eventually, like I, you know, I became friends with tattooers that I looked up to and respected and, and, and worked my way like slowly into that community. And, and that's essentially kind of the mentality with the art. Like, okay, like I still don't have a gallery. You know, there's galleries I could work with at this point, but you know, it's, I, I, I want to work with who I want to work with and I want to do the things that I want to do. And if no one's going to offer it, then like I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on my own and if not like it'll be all right yeah exactly like i just i i'd rather you know like i'm not gonna not try yeah know? for like, sure kind of like you know and, and 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 luckily you know we are in a time where you know everything's changing you know and i think that there's a lot of value to the way that that it's gone historically and you know with the gallery system and and all of that there's also a lot of value to uh you know kind of like looking i mean what industry is there not someone saying i'm a disruptor you know i'm not here saying that but that's happening in everything all the time and so it's not like it's that crazy it's just like yes change or trying different methods is always been 
part of the game. It's just, you know, it's a different time, different place kind of thing. Damn, I guess, does that mean I'm a disruptor too? This is awesome. Probably. I mean, you you kind of run the gamut as far, as far as like, you know, what you like. And I think that you you work with you work with musicians a lot too so you've been able to keep that kind of in your in your zone it's very like important for me i i don't know this like i uh music you know is spotify music is yeah, life. i mean i i am that guy but like <laughs> you know in spotify that gives you your stats at the end of the year yes. you know and i remember look i sent my the stats to a, a music friend like a, a producer friend and he looked at the hours logged like <laughs> listening to music and he was like shocked because I just like I have to have it on. There's nothing I hate more than like getting in someone's car and like they don't listen to music while they drive. Or welcome mm. to me. I'm a ser- I mean, I'm a serial I'm a serial killer now, bro. I'm listening to nothing or classical only in the car. Well, at least there's some classical, you know. I mean, you know, it, or at least there's nothing I hate for myself. Yeah, I just have to have music going all the time. Jason's like that. You're like that, Jason. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if it's easy to not have silence you know I'll, I'll make it happen thanks to our good friends at spotify <laughs> it's it's just it's like a it's for me it, it, music is so integral in setting a tone and so i use it to, to to set my mood it's like how i you know that sounds so corny as i hear myself say it out loud <laughs> no but, but it's true I, my I, daily wind down mm-hmm. is like i go home and when my girlfriend and i separate like uh like she'll go downstairs into our bedroom and she watches her programs as she refers to them <laughs> and i sit at the kitchen table and and listen to music and and that's and i just kind of that's like my one time of the day where my brain isn't like trying to like tackle some so she's watching thing. love island you're in the kitchen <laughs> glass of scotch neat you know maybe you're maybe you're playing with a knife maybe you're not you're just at that <laughs> kitchen table exactly taking long deep sighs i like i i sit there i truly sit there and i i I smoke my like cbd replacement for cigarettes and i just listen to music and i usually like it's so corny but i keep a notepad maybe close by or like i like obsessively look through my books and it's just it's more analog than the television thing that i you know i watch tv you know how to wind down chief this is some like i feel like we're talking of course you're not single all the good ones are taken i tell you what this guy (laughs) this guy sounds like a 70s movie star or something like i don't you're hitting uh you're hitting the the, you're hitting the dad grass is that your i hit i hit dad grass in the car because i i'll get those pre-rolls uh every once in a while shout out to ben starmer yeah um but uh i have a another brand that i'm like obsessed with because it's 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 uh it's flower specific and i just really you know growing up in northern california with like the hippie weed culture like i love just the whole you know like i i've been sober for a long time this is like my Mm -hmm. you know thc free kind of equivalent but i really like the culture around the like in the in the act of like rolling up a joint sitting there and kind of uh you know and having a moment of like Peace. You know, I was a big cigarette smoker until my body just said no. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so this is my like new thing. I, for me, it's, there's a very like meditative moment that occurs at the dinner table when I, you know, I sit at the dinner table post dinner with the music. Usually there's like maybe a new book has arrived and I'll just like kind of sit there. And, and that's my, when I get to like look at my new book and smoke or like, or scroll eBay like endlessly for watches or dumb shit like I'm, that. But. I, damn, I'm I'm realizing that I'm Bay. I want to go watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and be left alone. And I'm that that kind of TV stresses me the fuck out. <laughs> I can't watch it. <laughs> That's it the makes number me so one. Angry. Those are my programs. So does that mean you're smoking indoors, Matt? I have like a well, 
this is a point of contention with my girlfriend, but there's a door <laughs> right next to it. Yeah, no shit. Uh, and, and usually I'd leave the door open, but then we got like some moss. So then I was closing, closing the door. The whole thing. So yes, there is an airflow, but I am smoking, yes, inside, just right next to the door. So you're smoking that outdoor indoor is the joke I was hoping to set up. <laughs> I, mostly it's indoor, indoor, but uh, I'm, I'm growing my own outdoor to smoke that outdoor indoor so that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll be coming soon. hashtag humble life yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah my man knows how to wind down i tell you what i don't and this is tight yeah i you're living a, a better life than i realized i mean it looks pretty good but like now that i'm getting the details i'm a little bit i think i need to kind of refocus my energies come over anytime and and, and jump in this life my whole thing is how can I have less stress and like, I've talked about this before, but I have this whole kind of arc of music I do every day. And by the end of the day, it's usually like as low tempo, like crooner, like, or like an old Les Paul, uh, like, like really mellow thing. Cause I basically just like I said, like have to like dictate my mood and energy with music. So I do this whole thing throughout the day. And by the end of that table, it's like, there's an arc. Yeah. There's like generally like a really, I'll send you guys a playlist I made that shows the whole arc, but like it, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. Yeah. It, please. It shows the exact like moment at that table where it's just very about like bringing the tempo down like so much so that essentially then I can go to bed and not, mm. <laughs> and not be like, have the brain raising. What kind of sleep are you getting? You getting 10 hours? What are we looking at? Eight hours? No, hell no, no. I'm like a, five to six hey that's cool too damn do you stay up late i so when i get into bed my girlfriend is usually asleep after watching her programs <laughs> and then <laughs> i get to watch my programs well it depends it depends on the on on where i'm at with if I, if i'm watching a show if i'm not watching a show i like go on youtube and then fall asleep to like really boring like art talks or yeah dumb things <laughs> like that not dumb but like really slow stuff so i always fall asleep I will say this week I've watched two full movies that I didn't fall asleep. This movie, Trees Lounge, which was just the most, I've told every friend of mine to watch it uh, in the last couple of days, but it was. Is that the name of a dispensary or was this <laughs> yeah, a, a yeah, film? Yeah. <laughs> it's a John Buscemi or John Buscemi, Steve Buscemi movie. John Buscemi's in LA. Shout out to John Buscemi. <laughs> yeah, we love truffles. John, Truffle yeah, hot exactly. sauce, baby. <laughs> Luso clouds on my feet. Um, but, um, no, it's a Steve Buscemi movie and it was like, it was in 96 and it just visually, I was describing to a friend last night. It was, it's kind of like a Richard Prince mm. piece mixed with like a Stephen Shore photograph turned into a movie. Whoa. Uh, it's, it's probably like, uh, like Chloe seven is like second movie. She's very young in it. Uh, and there's a bunch of people you've seen in a lot of things. And it seems like their first or like very early movie for them. But it, he's like, you know, kind of down now living above this dive bar. I'm obsessed with like dive bar aesthetics. And it just it's just very it's like very picturesque. What's the name of this film again, Matt? Trees Lounge. Trees Lounge. And I have yes. a I have a premium Hulu account. Is it available on there? Or where can I <laughs> find it? Amazon. Amazon. Ah, perfect. I have that account, too. Yeah, we're it, Amazon suggested it to me and I'm very happy they did. And then from there, shout out ago, to shout out to Amazon. Yeah, thank you, Bezos. <laughs> uh, you had us at Young Chloe. Yeah, that's all I need to hear. Yeah, that's all I <laughs> not need to hear. Not to talk about Smith's Night again, but yeah, yeah, back <laughs> to Smith's Night. Uh, and then I watched this movie Hard Eight, like two nights later, which is like Love Hard Eight. Love Hard Eight. So 1996 is clearly the year 
for movies for me right now. So that's that's mm-hmm. that's my programs that I've been engaging in. But normally I'm just falling asleep, but I was able to stay awake during both. Those, my so. my buddy, my our friend of the show, Mikey, suggested Heart Eight for me early quarantine. I, I really like that movie a lot. Yeah, I had never it heard great. of it before. I'm not you know I'm not Classic a big cinephile. I'm not a big cinephile. So neither am I. I have a lot of close friends that are, and I always feel less than exactly this is i found my i found my calling same but look usually usually i'm better looking and more successful so they can have their little movies you know that's fine yeah that's that's fine you guys (laughs) their films yeah you guys have your films i'll be over here counting money movies are what ugly people do to pass the time right chris no jason that's what you do when you go see fast nine with your twizzlers you know that's what that's a movie you know it's a film i prefer a twizzler to a red vine but i don't support the fast franchise well matt what one thing that i've that i've sort of taken here as a through line is you have figured out a great way to spend your life cohabitating with your partner while never having to talk to her or see her or interact <laughs> yeah, yeah, with her yeah, in yeah. any way and this any is tips? pretty cool yeah, any, any tips yeah what do you how do you do that <laughs> so you just waited you just like i'll be down in the kitchen oh and you just wait it out and then when you start hearing her then you get to slink up into bed and then put on one of your boring art talks and you're like baby i'm home i think we've realized that we are like as far as programs go usually on opposite sides of the spectrum but we will meet in the middle uh we did a reviewing of sopranos which we watched obsessively great show um when we first started dating i did every episode of sex in the city with her now we're talking enjoyed recently we did a bunch of uh we we found common ground on law and order which i obviously love um so we did a bunch of svu but then we also did the new organized crime which uh i know a lot of people were stoked on because you know i was maloney that's smacking so one night a week you'll get a couple hours FaceTime, but those other six you're 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 yeah you're 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 taking the robe off and sliding in quietly. <laughs> it's it's you know it's a mix. I mean we will we will have a nice dinner together, and then she just knows she doesn't want to sit at the table. Like I really like sitting <laughs> at the table. She doesn't really like sitting at the table. She wants to go into the living room. It's also like who hasn't been on top of their partner. Uh, throughout all of covid it's yeah, like- yeah you need the yeah well jason jason and i have been on top of each other um but not not in the mm-hmm. way you're thinking but i think that the um <laughs> i think that the the other thing i'm taking away is that this this house sounds big you know what i mean jason have you noticed that it sounds like this guy's got a lot of space over there's there. a lot of it's a multi-level yeah multi-level is is yeah that's that's you know i know we're in la but that still sounds like you got you got a lot of room to spread out you know drop the address King. i made i made a a a, a lucky purchase, a lucky purchase right before the housing market went absolute bananas. It was a oh. house that like didn't really have any offers on it when I looked at it and it, it worked out. I'm, I'm building my own oasis over there. So, you know, it's, Good. it's kind of like we're talking, we're talking about Mount Washi. What, what, we're, what we're in Mount Washington. We're in Mount Washington. I, I, I had a friend. I could almost smell it on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, to me, I, I remember going to Mount Washington. My friend Tom lived over there and uh with his girlfriend jane who's actually it's her house but they both live there i remember going to visit them and it just felt like marin where i grew up and i was like man this is this is where i need to be and then i used to hike the dogs at elysian park all the time and i would look across at mount washington i remember like one day very clearly being like that's where i need to live so when the opportunity you know became a reality i i jumped jumped at it and i i'm i'm very happy it's you know it's like 10 minutes from downtown but you feel 
Mm-hmm. Very not near downtown at all. It's a whole other fucking world. Why? Well, I lo- I gotta say, I love this LA story. Me too, man. I've talked about this with Polly from Uncle Polly's a bunch. And shout out to Uncle Polly. Yeah, shout out to Uncle Polly. You I know. saw I saw our our sandwich magnate this morning. He was getting his little lift on too. Oh yeah, he I know he's he's like a big uh, him and and uh, Bronson have been over there a bunch. Yeah, they're like, they're really getting their sweat lift. out all that gabagool. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. I should exactly. be doing more of that personally, but yeah, I mean I, we always talk about you know because. I remember, you know, Polly from coming to Sway. We were both living a much different lifestyle, and it's kind of like this, <laughs> you know, this. You come to L.A. land of land of dreams. It's nice to live here. Life. I mean, you know, besides the oppressive heat, the traffic, and the ugly clothes, it's great. I mean, it's really. <laughs> there's no place. I, there's no place I'd rather be. I mean, I, I say that, and that's all true. But I mean, it really is. Like, I I, I think that the. I think we, as humans, until you realize, I think we underestimate what like weather does to to our mental. For sure, waking up and it being beautiful every day is truly makes life better and easier to to kind of tackle. That's your CBD. That's my CBD. Exactly, it really is. Like yeah. when I wake up and the sun's out every day, it's crazy. It's a whole different experience. Waking up with the sun, like waking you up, is uh, mm-hmm. is become a requirement now after living here for this. Yes, yeah, circadian rhythms, totally. baby. Yeah, I need that. After I wake up from ten hours of sleep and drinking three gallons of water, I you know wake up with the sun, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> meditate for an hour and a half, and then and then go to the gym. So it's it's pretty. I'm living a pretty good life too. Are you a ten hour of sleep guy? I'm, no, but I'm eight plus. You know, not, and I ain't talking about Apple. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, it's, uh, I'm um <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> No, I am though. I, I'm a big. I'm like a nine thirty, ten o'clock to like five thirty, six o'clock. I mean, that sounds about normal, I guess. Yeah, it's, I, I just don't. There's nothing for me at night. Like, I just have no reason to stay up. Like, I, I'm not going to stay up late to work because my work is during the day with people. I'm not going to stay up to like watch TV because nothing is that compelling to me. Um, so it's like it feels that I've, I've. I mean, this has been for at least you know five plus years. This has kind of been the the, the rhythm I'm on. The, the sooner you fall asleep. The sooner you die is sort of Chris's philosophy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, I just love to be well-rested. It's also, it's a key to me looking so youthful, I think, is that, and, and you know, we had a trainer on this week, uh, Kirsty Godso, and she was saying that, that sleep is something we neglect and it could, uh, you know, affect our bodies negatively. Not just being sluggish, you know, it could put on some pounds. Do you need a trainer, Matt? My, my exercise life started when my friend Sam was, uh, asked me to come to a soul cycle class where we grew up uh, when we were both home visiting and I looked at him like he was insane and then I went and I was like oh, that's kind of nice and then like uh, a little while later I like had gone through a breakup and I was like feeling down and I started going a lot like six days a week and then I was I like this. obsessed with that I've also gone through that phase I, I can yeah, fully relate it was great and then there was a period of like running around uh, Silver Lake Reservoir with the dogs like four nights a week I was doing that and then I we built a little like gym in the house so I was doing like you know like a routine with like weights and a peloton and like that kind of thing so I just jump around it's kind of <laughs> right now I've been pretty off though I, I've, it's I, okay I admit, you'll you'll I, find you'll find your way back we all do I did I did a peloton class the other day and I felt pretty good about it but it sounds like everything else is so dialed for you I think that just some physical activity will put you over the top I mean, I'm just trying to be a superhuman, you know what I mean? Make enough time to listen to like 10 Dean Martin records at the end of the day to calm down. And- <laughs> you're good to go. Damn. What's yeah. your, uh, what's your, what do you put on when you're cooking? When you're cooking in the old La Cochina? In COVID, I got really into, depending on the, like, where in the world the meal was from, 
I would like play music accordingly, which definitely led to like learning about some new music when we'd have like Chinese food because I don't know a lot of Chinese music. So I was really digging to try to right before COVID, I went through like a hardcore had to master bolognese uh, phase. So I would do like a bolognese once a week and I would go really hard on Dean Martin and the rest of the crooners. Like sometimes if I want to really juice it up, I'll throw on like Glass House by Billy Joel. Like gets me really pumped in the kitchen for some reason. I don't know why. I, I love I love Billy Joel in the kitchen. I don't know. That's the, okay. He keeps it going, but you know, we went to this restaurant, Damien, the other night for the first time, and it was one of the better music listening experiences at a restaurant I've had in a long time. I like, and I know people are going to disagree, and this is probably controversial to say, but I hate listening to super loud contemporary like don't attack john and vinnie's we do it enough okay so i know but it's I, not it's not john it's not just johnny's vinnie's it's everywhere it's everywhere now. It's, you know what i mean to me and and this will probably be controversial i think that little frankie started that yes they did the way they did it was it came on you know like towards the end of the night so it was like a slow progression mm-hmm. to you're getting ready to go to the club so we're we're on the right but like when i go in like at seven and I can't hear anyone I'm eating because the new young thug is like yeah. blasting so loud. It just takes away from a dining experience, personally. No, it does. Welcome to being old. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know I'm old, you know, but I've, I've like, I've literally joked about saying there should be a law that like you can only listen to music at a certain volume in a restaurant. I agree. And one of the best dining experiences I ever had was in Japan. There was this restaurant because my other friend who's like very hardcore about this, we were there together and this restaurant was just playing like ambient noise and it was one of the most beautiful. Jason, that's Jason's dream. Loved it. So nice. Dining to me, that's my version of partying now, like going out to dinner with a couple of people. So I want to talk to them. That's when I want to like. I want to engage. I want to engage. I get it. Yeah. I want to engage while I have my anti cocktail virgin <laughs> Negroni. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing says yeah. cool like a virgin Negroni and and some conversation. Bring me the non alcoholic cocktails. All of it. You know. All, I love all the like. I'll fake. send. We'll get a case of Gia out over to the house real soon. Is Gia non alcoholic? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to our fa- shout out to our family, Gia, Melanie. We love you. But it still has a very bold flavor. It is a bold flavor. I've been seeing it around. Yeah. I bet you have in the circles you run in it's everywhere I can't find a home bar without it you have enough instagram followers for us to get you a case no problem <laughs> Dude, i would love some some i love some non-alcoholic beverages let's go baby yeah, give me uh, soda and bitters is a is a is my my standard go-to but yeah that's 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 sober 101 right there let baby. us let us uh, let that. us upgrade you with the gia spritz matt uh it's it's been it's been wonderful thank you for joining us yes thanks for having me tell people where they can find you on instagram i know you your your new book uh you you put out a a new a new soft cover version of the book right yes we just released uh the like it's like a laminate so it's somewhere between a soft cover and hardcover version of into the distance they're very like small runs there's only 600 in existence so you know I, i like everything i try to keep it pretty kind of rare not to overuse that word and yeah, Matt R. McCormick on Instagram is where I kind of like actively update stuff um, that I'm doing. And yeah, there's some new one of these days about to release. I'm excited stuff for that. Great. And also go out and get some Trilogos uh, hard seltzer because, you know, that's another other uh, venture these days. So yeah. This guy, this guy's got a diverse portfolio, Jason. Something we could learn. Shout out to Stevie. I'm actually supposed to meet with him next week. What do you know? Grab some din din. Beautiful. Maybe you'll join us, Matt. We'll see. Yeah, let me know. I'll be there. He'll be wrapping the, we'll be, we'll all be wrapping the Trilogos hard seltzer. Good to see you, Matt. We'll talk to you soon. 
Later. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.